Okay, let's read from verses 19 all the way to 25. John chapter 21, 19 to 25. 1, 2, reading. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went the saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, if, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us turn to him in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, our hearts rejoice that we can lay the things of the world aside and come to thy house tonight to study your word, to draw close to our Saviour and to know him. And Father, we come thanking you for journey mercies to thy house. We thank you also for keeping us safe and helping us through the week in school and at work. Lord, we do plead again for the blood of Christ to cleanse us and to wash us of all our sins. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be teaching us your word tonight and we would understand and not just understand. Lord, we would truly be obedient to thy word. Be with every group. Lord, help us to... Um, be attentive, and we pray especially that, um, that you would remove all distraction and tiredness from us, and Lord, be in thy house to bless. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you pray? Okay, now let us... Um, Get a hold of the notes. And then, do you have a pen? Anyone needs a pen? You need a pen? So let us do just one quick revision question, question number one. Question number one. Now, we just read the Lord looked at Peter and he said to Peter, follow me. So we studied that. Now, what are the prerequisites before I will truly follow my Lord Jesus Christ? Who remembers? Aaron, do you remember? Die to ourselves. All right. Die to self. Now, but do you remember his exact words? 
to the disciples. If any man will come after me, let him. You cannot remember. Next. Uh, Jeremy. Uh. <coughs> <coughs> yes. Okay, still checking. Okay, Josiah. Let first, let him. Now, if any man will come after me, first is let him deny himself. And then, next, uh, Shane. Take up his cross. And then, follow me, right? Alright, let's turn to Luke chapter 11, verse 29, so that, eh, verse 23, so that this is very clear in our hearts. But yes, it is all about dying to self. Luke, 20, Luke 9, 23. Let this be the theme verse of our life. Luke 9, 23. Because much of the rest of today's lesson is built on this problem of self. Luke 9, 23. Now shall we read Luke 9.23, 1, 2, reading together? And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, so first is deny self. Deny self, who remembers what it means? Uh, next is uh, Justin. Huh? Die to self means we don't recognize ourselves anymore. What the self wants that is contrary to the word of God, we deny the self of it. I want to play computer games that are bad. I deny myself. Right? I want to lie. I deny myself. I want to be lazy. I deny myself. I stop and say, self, the old self, I don't listen to you anymore. All right? Deny self. Now, what is take up his cross? Actually, is it complete? Shane, you missed out one word. Daily. daily. Very good. Alright, take up his cross daily. Uh, next, Joshua, what does take up his cross mean? His, his personal cross that he has to bear. What's a cross? Alright, cross. Alright, certain death. Death, right, the cross we die. Alright, so is death. Death to old self. What else? We don't come down. Don't come, don't come down. What else? Shame. And? Julia. Burden, yes. Carrying it is a burden. Uh, Kenny? Pain, very good. Pain. So, when the Lord said, take up His cross, remember, it's His, it's your own. You have your own. I have mine. Jennifer has hers. Each of us have our own struggle, particular temptation, particular sin that we have to deny ourselves of. And because of that, very often, well, in denying self, it's painful, right? Sometimes it's shame. Being a Christian, people might mock you. Or... You want to obey God. You don't want to marry an unbeliever. And then your relatives mock you. Why are you single? Nobody wants you. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, shame. You might bear shame. What else? What other shame? Maybe, what other shame? Next. Brenda. 
What shame can you think of? Or shame or pain or burden? Very comfortable life. Having exams, pain. And having to not study on Sunday. Not study on Sunday. Right? The flesh. You see, to yourself, the self. Remember the self. All this can be a burden. The old self is a burden. If I don't study on Sunday, I spend the day serving the Lord, spending time with Him, worshipping and all that. Means weekday, what do you have to do more? You have to stay up later at night, study harder during the weekdays. It's a pain. So oh, if I only had, if I didn't do all this on Sunday, I would be sleeping earlier on Monday. Right? Sometimes all those, you feel it's a burden. It's a burden. Different cross. Especially if you're not so smart. And some people finish studying and then you still need to keep studying. To you, ah, oh, that's a burden to me. Many other things. It could be friendships. Friendships that you like very much but you know those friendships are drawing you away from Christ, then you have to give it up. Sometimes it's painful. Mm? So very often it's really His, Himself, His, your own cross. Okay, so the Lord told Peter, Peter, follow me. All these thoughts, when the Lord says, follow me, all these thoughts must be in our mind. Are we ready? Why is our Christian walk not consistent. Why is our Christian walk often like a yo-yo? Up, down, up, down. You know a yo-yo? Sometimes spiritual, sometimes down again. Because of the self. Because of the self, we don't follow consistently because we are not willing to take up our cross. Right? Our cross. Holidays is coming. School holidays. So many things that you want to do. But the Lord says, follow me, right? You're my disciple, follow me. It means that from now onwards, you might need to think. I should reprioritize what myself likes to do. All the while, I like to do all these things. But now, to follow Christ. Some things I want to give up. And to give those things up, sometimes it's a burden to the old man. Right? But you say, this holiday, I want to spend time studying God's word. I want to revisit all my old FEBC courses. I want to look at all the videos on YouTube that our church has. Other church good some messages. I want to spend time every day as part of my time doing all those things. No more wasting my time. Going out and doing silly things with friends and wasting all our time. Is that... An easy thing at the beginning? No, it is like a cross to you in the beginning. It's like a cross. But do you think that after some time, you will find delight in it? You will. Understand that. When the Lord says, do all these things, when you do all these things, your following Him will be a joy. Okay? Over time, you will love your Lord more and more. You will change. The Lord says, take my yoke upon you. It is light. Hmm? In the beginning, the flesh don't like it, but after some time, you will change. Alright, so I hope this holiday, you will remember this verse. What is your cross? To remember that. Now, next one, question number two. Now, let's move on to the second part. Alright, the second part. Any question about the cross? No? Actually, there's one cross that is also 
that can be difficult, I just remember. Sometimes to follow Christ. Maybe our friends are in charismatic churches or in churches that um, practice things that are unbiblical. And then sometimes because of that, your friendships get affected, right? It is a cross, it's difficult. And sometimes it may happen in your own family. I know some of you, uh, you may have unbelieving family members. Um, it's difficult. They may persecute you. Or they don't understand when you, do, when you want to live for Christ. Then it's difficult, right? So that is a cross we have to take also. Now one day, what if the law allows things to change in Australia and then to follow Christ? we may be persecuted. How many of us will take up the cross? Or how many, of us, how many of us will throw down the cross and run away? So prepare ourselves, be ready for all these things. Different people, different crosses. Question number two. Now, was there a difference in the Lord's response to Peter in verses 19 and 22? Okay, so now let's look at 19. 19 to 22. But let's maybe look at the whole 19 to 22. Now, so you know this, the series, the sequence of what was happening. They were on the beach, correct? Phoebe, remember? They were on the beach. They just had breakfast, correct? The Lord cooked breakfast for them. And then the Lord asked Peter, lovest thou me three times? And then after Peter answered three times, yes. And the Lord said, then feed my sheep. Then we come to this scene, all right? We come to this scene after the Lord says, Peter, this is how you will die. You will die, you will die a martyr's death. Then in verse 19, the Lord just probably stood up and said, follow me, follow me. All right? So the Lord not just say, said to him, said then say, follow me and told Peter, you, you follow me, right? But the Lord literally stood up and, and walked, right? How do we know? Because look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. Then Peter turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following. Correct? So they actually stood up and walked. So imagine maybe they're sitting near the water or under a tree. The Lord stood up. And then the Lord said, Peter, remember, follow me. All right? Come. Then they started walking, literally. But Peter, being Peter, would turn around and see this disciple. Who is this disciple? Jennifer, who is this disciple? Look at verse 20. Who is this disciple? It is the disciple whom John loved. It is the disciple who's, who at the, at the supper said to the Lord, Who is he that betrayed thee? Who is this disciple? John, right? John, the writer of this gospel that got used. So John, John followed. Interesting, isn't it? Actually, when I read this, I, I wonder. Uh, CP, why do you think John followed? The Lord told Peter, Peter, let's go. So John was being a kepo. <laughs> John was being a busybody. Don't know. He's a, why do you think so? Now I'm not saying surely it is, but I think it's very likely. If you were John, would you follow? You see the Lord stood up and walked. CP said you'll follow, alright? So maybe i come back to CP. Why would you follow on that day? He stood there and walked, but the rest of the disciples seemed to be sitting around. 
only, only seems to be only John stood up and followed. Hazel, why? Why do you think so? Because he loved Christ. What do you mean by that? You don't know. Because he loved Christ is correct. Why do you think so, Elaine? Yes, the Lord Jesus just reappeared, right? They thought all is over. They thought, that's the last time you see our Lord, He's crucified, finished. Then the Lord appeared this time again to them and cooked breakfast for them. And notice that this is how, this is how in verse 20, like Elaine rightly pointed out, how in verse 20 seems to give us some clue, right? Seems to give us some clue. Turning about, see the disciple, now number one whom Jesus loved, now, number two, this, this disciple lean on the Lord. Lean on the Lord at the supper. Hmm? Shows how affectionate John is to the Lord. Right? So, if you have a best friend, if you're a best friend, you, you're always together, and then you would sit close, and then you, maybe the guys don't do that, <laughs> but the girls, maybe you do. You like to lean on each other. Do you, Ilim? No. Okay, Ilim sits so far away from everyone. <laughs> Right, so yeah, when you have a close friend that you feel very affectionate towards, it's like that. Now, in that culture, it's normal. Do you know that the... Do you think always when men hold hands means they are, they are gay? In some culture, in some culture, the men hold hands. Which culture? At least I know for one example, the, the Indians. The Indians from India. They actually hold hands. Best friends, men. But it's nothing, it's just cultural. They do that. Okay? So, so that those physical contact in certain cultures is, is very normal among people that you have um, much affection for. So this is the one. Would you see, hey, the Lord is standing up and he's going, I don't want to lose him again, I'm just going to follow. He appeared again, I don't know when I'll see him again. I'm going to follow him. Right? So that, that kind of closeness, that kind of closeness. Now I shared this once before. I always remember a book that I read. It is called The More I Know of Dogs, The Less I Think of Humans. <laughs> the more I know of dogs, the less I think of humans. And when I read a book, I, I think it is so true. In many ways, I shared once um, when I was in Singapore before I came over. Sharon and I we were taking a walk in the park, and there was a dog. All right, a dog. Uh, actually, it's a park where many dogs owners bring their dogs there, and they will play. Dogs see other dogs, they run to other dogs, and then they'll play. And then this dog is a very nice um, husky. You know, husky, husky. Uh, you know, it's a husky. Yes. Right, like a wolf dog, but grey and white fur. So this husky was just always following this, this lady and the children around. Then I noticed other dogs, when, when other dogs come, they will run to the other dogs, then they'll play. They'll get distracted. Right? But 
I was observing this dog was always following the owner. And then the owner brings the child to the, under the tree. The dog will leave the rest of the dogs, just follow, follow, follow. Then you will just sit under the tree with them. And you cannot get the dog to leave, leave her. So after some time, I, I was too curious. It is not normal for Singaporeans to walk up to other Singaporeans <laughs> and talk to them. All right, it's very odd. But I just couldn't bear it because it's unusual. Every dog gets distracted by other dogs and other children. But this one, it's just single focus, you know single focus. There were other huskies there as well. So I went up to ask the owner. I said, you know, pardon me, but I really have to ask you, how come your dog stays so close to you? How did you train your dog? And then she actually said, no, I did not train this dog. I said, huh? Then she said, in fact, it's a relatively new, new dog. We just adopted this dog. And then I said, yet the dog is so obedient and, and so he said, yeah, I actually found out the background of the dog. He said the dog was um, deserted by the owner, left alone, and it suffered. And then I think someone called SPCA, the Animal Society, and then the Animal Society brought it to, to, to the shelter, and this owner went and fell in love with the dog and adopted the dog. And this dog... He says, since they brought the dog home, the dog is so grateful, and they also realize the dog is very fearful of losing the owners again. So when they go out, the dog will cry, and they will just sit and wait. And so it always stays near them, so afraid to lose the owner again. Isn't it true? The more we know of dogs, the less we think of ourselves. Here is the Apostle John, I'm not saying he's like a dog, but his heart was like that. The one that leaned on the Savior's breast, that do not know when he will again lean on his breast, Whenever, wherever the Lord went, physically he just want to go, be close to him all the time. Do we have our Lord physically with us here? No, but we know, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you, right? Can you be like the Apostle Paul, always with the Lord? Of course, we said, we've been speaking about this at prayer meeting um, at other times. When you go home tonight, in your room, who are you with? Your friend on Facebook, your friend on, or something on YouTube? Or is it, I just can't wait to find my Lord in the place, in His scriptures, in the place of prayer, Right? in the place of prayer. I was just sharing last Sunday at our dinner table. I never forget the feeling that I had when I had to go overseas to study. I landed. I missed home. I missed loved ones. I went to my dorm. I opened the door. It was cold. It was lonely. It was very old. <laughs> it was very sad. And we don't have WhatsApp then. And to make phone calls is very expensive. It's not that like I can just WhatsApp my family, loved ones, and talk to them face to face. I knew that the next time is I got to write letters. It takes a long time to reach them. And then they read the letter. And then I wait and wait and wait and keep looking at letterbox every day. Count three days, five days. Then keep looking, keep looking. Finally, the letter arrives and then you can open over dinner and slowly look and read. But I never forget one thing. When I reached the room, I knelt down and prayed. 
and immediately it was like as if I'm in Singapore. No difference at all because the Lord is there with me. It is not like I need to find ways to contact the Lord, but I knew He was there with me. It is that kind of um, experiences that make us realize the Lord says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Right? Then let us never leave the Lord and forsake the Lord. So afraid to lose Him. Are you afraid to lose Him through the day? Can you lose the Lord through the day? Wait, next. Um, Susan, can you lose the Lord through the day? Right? We could stop thinking about Him. Isn't it true? We start to dwell on things of the world, on, on friends, on something we are watching, that our thoughts wander far from Him. See the Apostle John. To him, the thoughts is always towards the Savior. He's probably always watching the Savior. Just like this dog, you know. I just cannot forget. He's always watching. Watching the lady walking about, watching the children... Then when the lady and the children go different places, it's, it's confused. You do not know who to follow. It panics. You know, it's, it's always that kind, I, I, I'm so wanting to be near my owners. Right? So, are we like that? Here's the Apostle John. So, it's a very wonderful thing to read. They got up and walked, and the, and the Apostle was, the Apostle John was, was a gentleman. All right? He did not stick very close. He probably knew that they're having some private conversation. He was some distance away. I turned back and saw him following some distance. Right? Some distance away. But always wanting to be near the Savior. We can. Constantly in prayer. I preach on Sunday, right? And I try to practice myself. When I brush teeth, I talk to my Savior. Usually I'm brushing teeth, I'm just wondering. Just looking out the window blankly. Now I find that I can be speaking with my Lord all the time. All the time. When you're walking on the street... Speak with Him. You know the hymn? Whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Yes, constantly whispering a prayer in your heart. Speaking with your Lord. So then prayer no longer is prayer. Prayer is a delight. Right? Being close to the Lord. So I hope that, young ones, you be more conscious of the presence of your Lord. Always speaking with Him. Did you practice this this week? So it's start to practice it. Understand what I'm saying? Constantly practicing, following Him, staying close to Him. Reading the Word is another way to stay close to the Lord. Right? That is where you find Him. That is where you get to know who He is, what He does, what He thinks about. Now, I visited an elderly this week, and he was, I mean, having much pain and difficulty, but... There's one thing that he's getting stressed about, frustrated about. So I asked him, what is it? He said, well, I can pray. So I still pray and I pray for the church. I worry for the church. I pray for the church. But I can't read very well anymore. So I said, what do you mean? He says, then he showed me the stack of RPG, the stack of pastoral letters, the stack of um, um, Christian, uh, good Christian magazines and all that. He showed me the stack and his Bible is there at his dinner, uh, dining table and say, I used to love to read and I can read and read again. I keep rereading all these things. But now when I read, I find that I can't concentrate. 
I say, is it because you can't see? So I can see, but it's difficult to concentrate because of aging, sickness, medication is affecting some of his, his um, senses and all that. He's frustrated. Why is he frustrated? Because he wants to continue to know his Savior. So much more I want to read about him. I've read all my life, but I'm sure there are things that I still want to, I can know about him. But now he's fading and he's feeling frustrated. Will we feel like that? Getting frustrated when we begin to not be able to read the Word of God when we are old. I hope so. But now we are young. We can. Right? We can. Treasure and store up all those things in our heart. Store up those things in our heart. Now, do you all know who Fanny Crosby is? Who's Fanny Crosby? She's a famous hymn writer, right? And she's blind. She's blind. Um, So... When you're blind, can you read the Bible, Phoebe? No. But are there Bibles for the blind people? Not sure. There are, in Braille. Okay, in Braille. And she depends on all these kind of things. And whatever she remembered when she was young, she memorized. She memorized the Bible, much of it. Now, she loved the Word of God. She loved her Savior in the Word of God so much. Nothing stops her. In fact, you know Fanny Crosby, she writes hymns, correct? Many of the hymns that you read, they are very biblical. It's like straight from the Bible, some of them. But she's blind. But yet she knows the Bible better than us. Hmm? So let us stay close to the Lord. Yes, we can't follow Him physically, but constantly in the Word, in prayer, that is how we follow Him. We follow close to Him. Now, so Peter... Continues with the Lord, still speaking with the Lord. John stays some step behind. Now, verse 21, Peter asks the Lord this question. Peter seeing him, seeing John. Let's look at verse 21. Peter seeing John says to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Now, if you look at the words, there there are some key words, some words in italic, right? Shall is in italic. Do is in italic, right? Italics, what does italic mean? Um, Jemima, do you understand when you see the King James Bible? You see some words are italics, right? Some words are not italics. What does italic mean? Not sure. Right, Shannon, what does italic mean? Okay, italic words, they are not present in the original text. All right, they're not there, but... The King James translators, they are very careful. They are very careful. Now, in order to help us understand a language, when you do direct translation, it's difficult, isn't it? Because all languages are different, correct? So, if you translate, then it will become like that. You look at verse 21. And what? This man. (laughs) What? This man. Right? So... King James translators, they are careful. They are not adding to the Word of God. But in Greek, what this man is, 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 is how it is said. Sounds like it's English, right? <laughs> right? It's like to other people, it's like broken English. Now, they can't translate it like that. So, they will add to make sure that we understand what is actually said in Greek. Okay? But they are very careful. They put it in italics. Understand, Jemima? They are in italics so that we know those, those words were not in the text, but without those words, we, 
it's difficult for us to make up the language itself that they're translating. Alright, so here it says, what? This man. Hmm? Sounds like sounds like Hokkien and all that. But people will know what it is. Right? People will know what it is. What? This man. Now isn't it very Peter? Peter is always um, shooting his mouth off. Whatever comes to heart, he just says, right? Whatever comes to mind, he just runs and do it. So he looks and says, he just tells the Lord openly, hey, this one, how? Right? This one, how? Um, and the Lord answered him. The Lord answered him. So my question is this. In verse 19, the Lord says to Peter something, follow me, in verse 22. Alright, now come to, come back here. Um, Veronica, you look at verse, what the Lord says in verse 19. Okay, what the Lord says in verse 19. Then you say, then the Lord answer Peter in verse 22. When Peter asked the Lord that question. What is the difference in what the Lord said to him? Can you, can you spot the difference? Okay, young ones, you like to do spot the difference, right? So now you spot the difference. Can you spot the difference? Verses 19 and 22, the difference in what the Lord said. Oh, your Bible is on different pages. Try. No? Cannot. What's the difference? Very good. Alright? Thou. There's a difference. In verse 19... The Lord simply says, follow me. But in verse 22, he adds the word thou. Follow thou me. Follow thou me. Now he added one word. Alright, so you look here. So first is follow me, right? Then now he adds thou. Thou. By, by the way, those of you who are new to King James Bible... Um, you may wonder why why all this D and thou. Why don't just just modern English you? Now, the English of the King James Bible is very useful for us because in the Greek language, you can be can be singular. You can be plural. Okay. So I say you, in English. You have to guess, am I talking to you or to you, right? But in Greek, it's very exact. You will know. So the translators, when they translate, they will use the words to help us to understand whether it's singular or plural. So thou, thee and thou, is, is actually you, but it is singular, understand? Okay, so ye. And you would be plural. Plural, okay? So it helps you. It's very good because when you read the Bible, you can know exactly if the Lord is talking to the whole crowd or talking to a particular person. So the King James Bible is very, very good. It's very accurate to the Greek language. All right, so now he's, he looks to Peter. Now he's not talking to the whole crowd. He did not turn around and say, All right, you're all, all of you follow me. Specific to Peter. Follow thou me. Alright? Follow thou me. 
follow down me. So there's no way Peter can misunderstand that the Lord was saying to someone else, or is it to him? Follow thou me. Follow thou me. Now, so I ask some questions. So now, that's the difference. That's the difference. Why do you think there's a difference? Next, Phoebe. Why do you think the Lord now add the word thou? Sorry, I cleaned it up. Follow, then thou, me. Phoebe, why do you think so? Why? Can guess? Cannot guess. Alright, so I ask the chair to guess. Jennifer, why? He's talking to Peter. But why don't you just say, follow me? Again, the first time he said, follow me. Now he can just say, follow me. Elim, why? Can't guess. Can? Cannot guess. Cornelius. So when you read your Bible at home, doing your devotion, you don't ask yourself this question. You have to ask, why? Why does the Lord say that now? Cornelius, no? Don't know. Okay, next, Caleb, why? Caleb, give up. So fast. Aaron, Aaron. If you look, you will know. Jeremy. Only for him to follow. But why this time he say, follow, you follow me? But he said previously, follow me. But why now he says, follow you, you follow me? Okay, last one, Josiah. Okay, guys are very dense. Eh? Shane, why? You, you can know and not be a girl, right? No, just no. <laughs> he doesn't want Peter to care about other people. How, why do you say that? In this scene, right? In this scene, he's concerned about John. Lord, Lord, this man, how? What's he going to do? This man, what? Right? Do you do that in school? Teacher say, Phoebe, you do this. And then Phoebe asks, what about Elisha? What about, at home, right? Your parents say, go and wash the plates. What is the chair going to do? Hmm? What is Coco going to do? Then what will mom say? You wash the plate. Correct? Now look at verse 20. Uh, sorry, verse, verse 21. He says, Lord, what shall this man do? The Lord just told him, you follow me. He said, Lord, what shall this man do? And then let's read verse 22 together. Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to you? Follow thou me. Alright? So now the Lord turns his attention. Say now, Peter, why do you worry about what John is going to do? What's going to happen to him? I'm talking to you. I told you to follow me. You concentrate on following me. Don't be distracted by others. 
Now, do you think that John was asking because John, eh, Peter was asking because Peter was very caring, right? I say, Shane, come, go do that. Then Shane asked, what about Justin? He's my brother. I'm so worried for him. Huh? Do you think it's like that? Justin, what do you think? Do you think John was, oh, what's going to happen to my brother, Shane? Now, Justin is a good boy. Every time prayer meeting, please pray for my brother in Singapore. Please pray for Joash. Right? Always request. So he con- he's concerned. Do you think it's the same kind of concern, Justin? What do you think? No. No. Why? Because it's not Justin. He's. Why? Uh, verse 21. Verse 21. It's like, you say what this man is. Uh-huh. Like very... Well, also, what this man is like, very rude. <laughs> okay, maybe. But how do we know for sure? Because we can't see... Can you see John's heart? Because sometimes, maybe Peter was not so refined as you are. So Peter said, what this man? (laughs) But maybe he's genuinely concerned. How do you know? Um, Next. Joshua. Do you think it was a deep concern or not? Why not? Trying to compare. Why do you think so? How can you judge him like that, huh? If John would die in a way as horrific as So he said, I'm going to die a martyr's death. What about John, is he? Oh no, if John is dying, going to die for martyr's death, I better cook more for John before he grows old. Maybe it's that. Kenny, what do you think? Do you think it was a concern or? Okay, guys are very dense. Next, Brenda. Okay. So when Jesus stood up and Peter followed, mm-hmm. John, he probably saw John as a body. Saw John as, but that is our guess only. How can we know that it is not? Elaine? Uh, is it because he had just been told how Jesus was going to die? And he didn't really want to uh, accept it, perhaps. So, then he wanted so, to... so maybe he don't accept it, so he wants to know. So we're all guessing his emotions. Hazel, when it comes to the Bible, guys or girls, no dense or not dense, all right? We should pray for wisdom from the Lord. Lord, Holy Spirit, please help me. Do you think it was a good thing or probably something not altogether so good? Like Elaine say, huh? Not very good. Why? Very good, because verse 21, the Lord's answer will tell us. The Lord's answer is, what is that to you? What is that to you? <laughs> right? Now, the Lord is the reader of all hearts, correct? The Lord is reader of all hearts. So the Lord said, what is it to you? Wasn't a very, was quite a terse answer, correct? Quite a terse answer. Uh, so likely it may not have been. We don't know, but from the Lord's answer, it sounds like the Lord was giving him a light rebuke. Uh, somewhat of a rebuke to him. What is it to you? What do we say? Why are you so? Kepo, right? Why are you so kepo? Now, why are you so such a busy body? Now, what is that to you? You just follow me. Okay? So from, from the reply, it would seem that it's not something altogether uh, pleasant. Just busy body. Or just something else. 
But what lessons must we learn? Like, what lessons must we learn? Wait, next. CP, one lesson, one lesson when you do your devotion and you're reading, do you get excited reading things like that? It's like almost like you want to, it's, I hope you read the Bible like it's like a good novel. And then you climb into bed and then it's like, maybe some of you do on your handphone, I tend to. Now, then after that, say, oh, okay, this part. We'll read and read again. And read again. What's happening here? Must be like that, right? It's the scene of your Lord on earth, you know. This, this is not a storybook. This is really what happened on earth. The scene on the beach. You're reading what happened on the beach. Okay? So it's like, wow, what is that to... What's the scene? What do I learn? So why? The next one, CP. The Lord has specific bill for each one of us. Right, that's one thing we must learn. The Lord has specific bill for each one of us. That, that is what we know. But in here, what is the thing we must learn? Um, Susan, the Lord has a specific bill for you. But we should not be like Peter. What is wrong with Peter? That, that got a light scolding from the Lord. As, as humans, as humans, we like to be busybody. Be busybody, okay. As humans like to be busybody. And I think someone behind said, as humans, we like to compare. We like to compare. Right? Not, yeah, busybody is one of the things. Busybody. But we also like to compare. Right? Some of you said, yeah, he's just been told you are going to die a martyr's death. If someone just tells you you're going to die a terrible death, then you see your best friend. Then you say, how, is, how about him? How is he going to die? Right? So maybe in his heart he say, why, why me? Lord, I just said I will feed your sheep, right? But I'm going to die a martyr's death. What about John? What about John? So maybe those are some of his thoughts that the Lord says, what is it to you? What I have planned, all right? So what the Lord says, what I have planned for another person, another brother, is none of our concern. What is our concern? What is our concern? Jemima, what should our concern be? Following Christ. Christ. Who follow Christ? Thou. So the Lord says, why why do you want to compare? Why do you wonder? Why do you keep looking around and look at John and wonder? That's why I say now, this time the Lord added one more word. Follow thou me. Right? Don't keep comparing and wondering about others. Okay? So humans, we like to compare. Um, what else do you think is the human nature in us that would be like John? Or worse than John, all right? Maybe John was not so bad. Worse than John. Peter. <laughs> we want to win. Very good. What do you mean we want to win? Yeah, so if I die a terrible death, I don't want to be the only one, right? Someone else who also should, should suffer like that. Or maybe even, wait, I'm going to die martyr's death. Is John going to die martyr's death? I want to be the only one that die martyr's death. Don't know what he's thinking. But there's something going on in his mind that the Lord has to say, what is it to you? 
right? So we like we must win. We must be the one. So it's either asking, "Am I the only one?" or asking, "Why is he not also like that? Why am I only one like that is going to go through that?" Right? So that is the problem with us in how we think. Now this is going to be. I'm going to ask in question three. So we just understand this first, and then we ask ourselves the practical lesson. Veronica, what else? When mommy say Tete and Tete is going to do this, then you ask mommy. Mommy, why? What about? Or mommy say do this, and then what about Tete? What? Why do you ask questions like that? You don't ask. Okay, you don't ask. Then I can't ask you. What about Anna? Do you go through that thought? Mom says, your dad says, do some, do this, Anna. And then Anna, what about, what about Enoch? What about Grace? Do you ask questions like that? Or do you have thoughts like that in your mind? Sometimes. Sometimes. What makes you have those thoughts? Why don't you just focus on what your dad asks you to do? Why do you have those thoughts? Honest. <laughs> Why? If it's a bad job, I don't want to be the only one. You know, you want others also to, to be involved. Jennifer? Phoebe? Elim, you must say something. Oh, no, you don't have brothers and sisters. For friends. Why? Why are people like that? I want to hear children's thoughts. Very good. Jealousy. Jealousy. Alright? So some of these things we'll visit afterwards, but jealousy. That's why the Lord says, what is that to you? Hmm? So sometimes you could be jealous. You could be jealous. I want to win. I must be the one. Or... Why am, I the only, why am I going to suffer? Why not someone else? So we're jealous of others. Right? So, all these problems. Now, we answer, so what lessons might I learn? Number one, we like to compare. We get jealous. We don't focus on what the Lord wants us to do. We don't focus on that. We keep looking at other people. All right, so that's the lesson that we learn. So the Lord will say to us, follow thou me. Concentrate on your own cross. Concentrate on your own burden. Concentrate on the task I give to you. Question number three. Now, why does God choose different lot and different service in the life for different believers? You know, different lot. What is lot? Means God chooses what your life will be. Understand? Lot. Understand? Okay, what God chooses for your life, what you would be. And different areas of service. In church, different areas of service. In church, for example. Or how God uses you in your school or at work. Now, God is very clear, right? We already learned each one, God already assigned something, correct? God already assigned Peter. And even how Peter will that assigned. Now, when did God assign this? Let me ask. Cornelius, when did God assign, choose to save you? 
before the foundation of the world? Is it like God decided to choose you before the foundation of the world? Then after you're born, then he starts to look at Cornelius. Let me see what should I get Cornelius to do. Is it like that? He already decided at the point of time that he will choose, you will come into this world, he will choose you, and he has a plan for your life, right? Ephesians chapter 1. You keep reading that. He has a plan for your life. It's already chosen. Like Peter. Peter, that Peter will die at his old age, not a young age. That Peter will die a martyr's death. The Lord already knew before the foundation of the world. So you, you imagine when the Lord was going to go to the cross, right? So Peter was very afraid, correct? Peter was very afraid of the suffering. Then he stood, in a, he stood far away and he denied the Lord three times because he was afraid. You know that the crucifixion is a terrible thing. What if they crucify the Lord and wants to crucify me as well, correct? So can you imagine the Lord look at him and say, Peter, after this, I have some news for you. <laughs> it's already decided. It's already decided. Peter was not ready then. Right? But the Lord has already chosen and known. Known. What will you be? The Lord has already decided for you. So now, why does God choose different lot, different service in life for different believers? Why? Who's the next one? Caleb, why? Why does the Lord say, all right, I have something for Caleb to do in life? Why does he have something for you to do that he has already chosen? For what purpose? Very good. For His glory. For His glory. How do we know that? It's in the context. Now, please, please look at verse 19. Shall we read verse 19? One, two, reading. This spake He, signifying by what death He should glorify God. Right? What God chose for Peter and for any one of us when he says, follow me, and this is your end, this is what you'll do, this is what you'll be, is to glorify him. Alright, so remember that. God already planned something, it's to glorify him. Whatever he has chosen for you, whatever he has chosen for you, whatever lot. Now, what does this mean? Lot. What kind of lot can different people be in? Uh, Josiah. Different lot. Do I understand? Understand the question? No. Different lot. Different paths in life. Different paths in life or different different um, life. What kind of what are the differences? Example. Some people uh, born with some benefits, some people born with disabilities. Okay, so some people are born with benefits maybe very strong. And then some people are born with weakness or maybe a disability. That's your lot in life, understand? That is what God chose. That's what God chose. Alright? And some can be errant, example. Because all these are, you have to begin to realize uh, that God chose for us. And He said, follow me. Right? What other lot in life? Some born in non-believers household, some born in believers household. And then some say, why can't I be born in a believers household? It will be so nice, we have family devotion. I won't get persecuted for going to church. Different lot, right? What else? Shane. Uh, 
Very good. Whether God intends for you to be married or to be single? Justin. So whether you get education, whether you not, whether you have certain privileges in life, right? Whether you be rich, whether you're born into a poor family, right? So some of these things, we must know these are lot in life. The problem with many of us, we compare. Like maybe Peter was going through that. Why am I going to have, why is my lot in life to die a martyr's death? Lord, what about John? What kind of death? Right? That is our lot. The Lord said, don't worry about John's lot. You just concentrate on your lot and follow me. Focus on that. Now, let me ask you. Is it, do you think it's more painful to, to be crucified as a young man or as an old man? Because when I was preparing this, I was thinking, Joshua, what do you think? Right? When you're old, it's even more shameful. Right? But what about the pain? Yeah, you're right. When you're old, it's even more shameful. Because when they're crucified, they're crucified naked on the cross. So you're old, you'll have a lot of pride, right? What else? Is it more painful, do you think? So when I was reading this, Peter has been told he's going to die old. Most of us say die old, we're happy. But die old and be crucified, that's different. It's very painful, right? You know what crucifixion. As a young person... Your, your muscles are stronger. Maybe you still can push yourself up a bit to breathe, although it's very painful. But as an old person, you have no strength. Every, all your weight is just on the cross. The pain is, is terrible to think about. That is his lot, you know. So being told you'll be crucified at an old age, that is his lot. What, one day, what if one day the doctor tells you, you have, you, will, you, will, you have five more years to live and you will die of cancer? All these things. You know, most people say, can I just die like that? Die now. I don't want to grow old and then have cancer. It's too painful. I'd rather die now. But this is crucifixion. The other, once I was at the nursing home, I was pushing this lady in the wheelchair. So take note, those who go to the nursing home. And then as I was turning, her, her foot gently brushed against another person. It was just a gentle brush, all right? And then she was, oh, she was in so much pain, you know? Then I realized for them at the age, everything is very tender, very tender. So to them, things that we normally, as young people, we get knocked a bit and all that, we don't feel, but to them, it's very painful, very painful. So this is what Peter's lot is. So Peter would want to know, what about John? What about John? So sometimes we, we, we think, rich, poor, what else did I write about? Yeah, rich, poor, clever, less clever. Students always wonder. Right? Clever or less clever. Why, why is the other person clever? Why is my brother or my younger brother or sister cleverer than me? So our lot in life, chosen by God. Healthy, not healthy. Right? Like Jeremy say, privilege, less privilege. Now the thing is this. I ask this question. Um, now, so we know, we know that God chose. Elim, how old are you? 
11. Alright? 11. At 11, God already chose what is your lot in life. Okay? So you must know, even though I'm very young, it has been chosen. But you do not know what it is yet. But some of us may be in that lot now. Um, my question is this. When we start to compare and when we or maybe I put it the other way how do you know that you are kind of like Peter how do you know you know when you begin to compare when you start to compare in your heart when you start to compare I come to church I compare that person is from this kind of family that person lives in this kind of house why are they richer than me? Or the person have better school results than me? Or the person is taller than me? Or the person is shorter than me? Why am I so tall? Hmm? Girls always say, wow, I wish I was not so tall. Guys always say, I wish I'm taller. Right? So all this kind of thing, why, why? We start to compare and start to wonder. Start to wonder. Now what about this? Um, how come the person got his PR and can stay in Perth? So you compare all sorts of things. When you begin to compare, you know that you're be we are beginning to behave like John. We are not focusing on what God has chosen for our life. Focusing to be like Peter. Right? Sharon smile at me, so I know I said something wrong. Focusing to be like Peter. And we are now not thinking about what God wants for our life. So I ask this question, what is the problem when we are like that? What's the problem? Wait, where do I stop? I lost track. I'll come back here. Julia, what's the problem when we start to compare and compare and compare? What are we really like before God? That would make God upset and say, follow down me. What is it to you? Why, why does it upset the Lord that he would likely rebuke Peter? Very good. God, what you chosen for me? Why is it? This, why is this one for me? Why not what John may have? Why this for me? Why? So why, why, Lord, do you put me in a poor family? Look at the other people in church, in school. They can, they can buy these things. They don't have to wear old clothes, but I have to. They can eat nice things, but I have to eat things that are on sale or that close to expiry date. Huh? They can go to restaurants. I, I have to bring my own food. Lord, why are they born in rich family, not me? Why can they go to better universities than me? When all these thoughts in our heart, remember the Lord says, what is it to you? I chose for you. I chose it for you. Now when the Lord chose crucifixion for Peter, is it something bad for Peter? No, he said, do you know that when I chose to save you, this is how, Peter, you are going to glorify me? That's the greatest privilege, you know. Actually, how nice it is if we know exactly what the Lord says. This is how you will glorify me in this life. 
But maybe the Lord knows if he knew, we would not accept it. But he knew. So, so you are telling God, God, I don't like what you chose. It is very bad. The, it upsets the Lord. Now, what about... When a Christian keeps saying, I wish my life was not like that. I wish that I could get my PR. Or I wish I didn't get my PR. <laughs> Some may not want to stay. Someone to want to be in Singapore with friends. Parents want to stay here. I wish, I wish. When you keep saying I wish, it's the same thing, you know. Right? Do you keep saying I wish? Caleb, what do you wish for? I wish I am smarter. No, you don't think about this thing. Too young. <laughs> so when we sit there and daydream and say, oh, yeah, I wish, I wish. Even parents, all right, we have some married people. Same. I wish my marriage were like that one. I wish my, ch- my children were like the other family. Wish, a lot of wish. Okay, so we have to be very cautious of our thoughts. Now, what about, what about area of service? What do you think? Area of service is the same in church. Now, Peter was going to be in area of service, right? Is John going to feed my sheep? Is John going to feed your sheep as well? What is John going to do in the, in the ministry? So, area of service can be like, like what? Sunday school teacher, right? Some people want to be Sunday school teacher. Why am I not a Sunday school teacher? I have people who say, I want to be a Sunday school teacher, but they don't study God's Word, they... They have unbiblical ideas, but they want to be Sunday school teachers because other people are Sunday school teachers. So, teaching ministry, for example, what else? Cooking ministry, maybe. I don't know, it just came to my mind. I want to cook. I want to be the chief cook. Um, Who wants? We don't have enough cooks. (laughs) In that area, nobody wants. Maybe church musician, right? Many young people aspire to be the church musician. Why is the other person church musician, not me? What else? Maybe some committee member. Maybe some organizer of some things. All these things. We began to say, I also want to be like that. I'm not happy with what God has given me in my lot in life, and in church also. I'm not happy. So I keep comparing. I keep asking. I keep wondering about others. Now then I ask this question. Um, Oh, actually all the questions there. How do I know I'm beginning to want to, I'm beginning to want to want something else for my life. Right? It's bad English. I'm beginning to want something else for my life. When you begin to compare, right, we said, when you begin to ask, be discontented, right, that's the key thing, when we are discontented. Now, one more thing. How do you know you're beginning to not accept the Lord's will and you're beginning to, or you're already wanting something else in your life? When you begin to, Imitate. You know imitate? Begin to imitate. Do you understand, Jennifer? Why, is, why do I say when you begin to imitate, 
someone else, then, or, then you know that you're beginning to say, Lord, I'm not happy with what I want and I just want to imitate and, and do the, what the other person is doing. What is wrong with that? You want to be like someone else. Peter, you are Peter. John is John. Why do you, why are you interested? If this is what I have for you, then you be Peter. Follow down me. You be Peter. Let John be John. Don't have to be someone else. Alright, so we don't keep looking and say, ah, I know what I, will, I want to be when I grow up. Phoebe, what do you want to be when you grow up? A grown-up. <laughs> Elim, what do you want to be when you grow up? Say again. I can't hear you. You want to work, be working with animals after you hear the dog story. Okay, you want to be working with animals? Nicer than working with humans. <laughs> you want to be working with animals. Okay, so you'll be CP's good friend. Is it because CP is working with animals? <laughs> Ah, okay. So you're not being like John. And not being like Peter. Now, um, so we can have desires. We can have desires. But never be because I sit there, wow, look at people who work with animals. They make a lot of money. Then I can buy a lot of things. You have all those things. And you see someone's life, you just want to imitate the person's life. That's it. It's a church musician. Wow, look at the person walk up to the piano and start playing. I, that is my life. Huh? Wow, look at the person drives that kind of car, live in that kind of house. That is my life. Now, when we start having these kind of thoughts all the time, then we know we are beginning to compare, we're aiming for something um, in life. I look, at, I look at the adults, huh? the young ones. I look at the adults in church. Wow, they are so popular. When I grow up, I want to be like them. I want to be popular. And then you keep doing things. So even if God never asks you to be a pianist, never asks you to be anything, you will start to fight for it, correct? You will fight, you will plot, you will plan, and try to be what God never meant for us to be. Does it glorify God? No, it does not. Will it mess up your life and someone else's life? Yes. That's why God tells Peter, Peter, stop it. You just follow me. If you want to imitate someone else, you will be a disaster in your own life and someone else's life. So Peter, you just follow, follow what I tell you to do. Don't follow your own heart. Don't follow your own dreams and um, admiration of someone else. Follow me, what I give to you in your life. Okay, so if God makes you poor, from a poor family, don't try to be, don't imitate the rich. Just be poor. That's it. Nothing wrong. God chose for you. God chose for you because it will... Where am I? Uh, wait. Brenda. God chose something for you because it will... Why did God choose anything for you? Already pre-chosen for you. Because it is meant to glorify Him, right? He already said, Peter, I chose this death for you because it's going to glorify me. So whatever cho God chose for us... Poverty, not so smart, not in particular area of service. It does not mean that we will not glorify Him. Understand that. Don't make up your own minds about what will glorify God and then go fight for it. 
Okay? I'm, I'm the best in this, so I'm going to fight for this in church. I'm the best in that, so I'm going to fight because I'm the best. A lot of problems will happen. Okay? Alright? So, accept what God plans for your life. If God wants you to be a background worker, you'll be a background worker. Don't try to compare. Don't try to compare. Alright? And other things that you know you are now beginning to want something else is jealousy. Jealousy, right? Just now we talked about, one of you brought up, Elaine brought up jealousy. So when you have all those welling up in your heart, you know that you are beginning to ask the Lord, Lord, why? What, what, about, what about him? Why, why, why this for him? Why this for me? Okay, now, so I asked, right, what would result? What would result is you will cause a lot of problems in your life, in other people's life. Just accept it. Just accept it. Now, how do you know what is God's will for your life? Next one. CP. Do you know? Because in CP, you, you will definitely be a vet. God's word. So, CP, will you be a vet? So, why then, why you waste your parents' money to come and study veterinary? Very good. Whatever I find myself doing, that I'm doing, or that I need to plan to do, I just plan to do. I pray. If it is not sinful, then I do. And I pray, Lord, if it is not your will, then you override it, right? And then you do. Then you study. You have to study, correct? It's not, I do not know whether I'll be anything. So I don't study until God tells me, you are going to be, then I do something. No, you do what normal people would be doing. What is normal people at your age doing? Veronica, every day. Go to school, good. Go to school, study. So you just study, that's it. You just keep doing what people would be doing, as long as it's not a sinful thing, and let the Lord direct. So yes, I'm studying veterinary studies, right? And then, will I be a vet? Well, that's why I'm studying this. But if God overrides and say, I want you to be a teacher, then I'll be a teacher. If God leads you that way, right? We don't know. But when God leads you that way and becomes clear, do you fight against God? Do you keep asking God, God, what about my degree? What, why, why, why Elim can be working with animals? Why can't I? And you keep asking, why, why? No, then you say, Lord, then I realize this is my lot in life. That's it. Alright? So that's it. So this is how we should live. So the Lord, when the Lord says, what is it to you? He's saying, Lord, he's, what is he saying? He say, Peter, I have a good plan for you. This plan will be your glory because you will glorify me. What is it to you? What John will do? What is it to you? So the same. Wherever God will lead you in life, whatever is your lot, whatever is your area of service, be contented and do your best. So when he says, feed my sheep, do your best in feeding my sheep. That is for you. Okay? Now, last, last part. Last part. I ask you, did Peter accept? Did Peter accept? Wait, next, next one. Hazel. It seems to be. Alright? Then it was just that. No. Now, 
Peter last time would? He would say, Lord, let it not be so. <laughs> he continued his conversation. Right? When the Lord said, I'm going to, let it not be so. And the Lord had to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Then he, then he kept quiet. But this time when the Lord said, what is it to you? You follow after me. That's it. End of conversation. And in fact, when you read the epistle of Peter, when the time you go back and read it, he accepted. In fact, when he was old, let's turn to Peter and then we close. Let's turn to First Peter. Let's turn to First Peter. Now, sorry, Second Peter. Second Peter, chapter one, please. Okay, Second Peter, chapter one. Let's read verses 12, um, 12 to 15. 2 Peter 12 to 15. Let's see what Peter writes now. Reading, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus have showed me. Verse 15, last. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Now, what did Peter say? Somehow Peter know that he is coming to the end of his life. Maybe it's all by this time, something. Now, what he says he, in verse 13, he said, as long as I am in this tabernacle, this body, all right? as long as I am in this body, living in this body, I will always stir you in remembrance of God's word. Correct? And then he said, verse 14, now shortly, now he says, soon, I'm going to die. I will put off this tabernacle. And he, remember, he, he said, I remember the Lord say, the Lord showed me, right? The conversation, the Lord say, you will die a martyr's death. And then he goes again, verse 15. Now, before I die, and after I die, in verse 15, after my decease, there's one thing that I hope will continue. You always remember the things that I write to you in God's word, right? What did Peter, what did Peter say? He promised the Lord, I will feed your sheep, correct? To his last, he has only one aim, that you remember you remember God's word. You know God's word. Before I die, I keep doing that. After I die, I hope that it stays with you because that is what I want to fulfill. And say he was going to die. So he accepted. He did what the Lord wanted him to do to the last and he said, I'm ready to go and die a martyr's death. No resistance. Not, not, okay. Hi guys, I'm putting in remembrance. I remember what the Lord says when I'm old, I'm going to die a martyr's death. So this is the last thing I want to tell you because I'm going to take a boat and I'm going to hide in an island. No. Alright? He simply said, as the Lord told me, I'm going to die. He knew what was he, how he's going to die. He accepted it. Alright? So I hope that we always yield and submit to our Lord in life. But the Lord chose for us, focus on fulfilling His will in your life. Don't try to emulate others. When I was 
asked to write my testimony about ah, remember the FEBC project the FEBC project about missionaries so the students were supposed to talk to missionaries and ask missionaries so I'm a missionary right I, I'm, I'm sent from another country I, I, I'm serving in another country so missionaries to give our testimony so they're supposed to interview us now one of the things that I, the, I told the FEBC student I, in fact I wrote and I say do not emulate anyone in our lives because some people think wow missionaries working overseas you know doing all these things overseas I want to be a missionary like so and so God has his calling for different people do not aim and emulate what God brings us to what will you be when you come out and work you do what you need to do do your best but don't keep plotting to be like so and so like so and so and like so and so God has a plan for you. All right? Let us pray.